You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we have an update on our JJ watch, and we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to start the show with uh, a discussion around the linebacker position. If you missed yesterday, we did the offseason report card on the offensive tackle position. This is not a full offseason report card. It is more just um, an explanation of something that I wrote yesterday for Packer Report about how this year could be the year the Packers finally decide to address the linebacker position. And a little background for new listeners, people who you know have found the show maybe since last draft season. I do not think linebacker is that important in this way if you have bad ones it's bad okay but the difference between you know a a sort of average guy and a good player in terms of their impact on the game not that much it's just not that much anymore because linebackers can't do what they did in the 80s and 90s and, and and even back into the 70s where they're just enforcers. They're just taking people's heads off and and they make it same with same with safeties to a certain degree where they're just there to create fear. They can't do that anymore. And the run game has been subverted in terms of its importance by the league. You know, the Bills last year, there were games where they basically said, yeah, we know we can't run the ball. So why? Why even bother? We're going to throw it 60 times. What are your linebackers doing? What are your linebackers doing when they're throwing it 60 times? Unless you have one of those special guys. It's very similar to the tight end position. The difference between you know the 16th best tight end and the 6th best tight end, it's a pretty small gap. But the difference between the 6th best tight end and the 2nd or 1st tight end, that's a, that's a pretty big gap. And so, you know, if you have Devin White and Levante David, that's great. You don't need that to have a really good defense. The Buccaneers didn't win the Super Bowl because Devin White and Levante David shut down the Chiefs. You know, Travis Kelsey still had a big game. He didn't even play particularly well and and cruised over 100 yards. They won that game because the pass rush destroyed the Chiefs offensive line. And the same thing in the Green Bay game. It wasn't like Devin White was all over the field. He played well. Levante David played well. But it's it's Devin White's ability to pressure the quarterback that makes him such an impactful player. That ability is more useful. And so why wouldn't you just get someone who can do that? I mean, that's that's what Devin White's best traded. He's not a very good cover linebacker. They're lucky they have Levante David. 
It's what makes Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright so useful because they can play together. You know, KJ Wright is this incredible sideline to sideline cover defender, and Bobby Wagner can cover. But he's not the same kind of player. He's much more someone who is going to come downhill. He can create pressure with with sacks in big moments, great in the run game. And then he's going to be the leader of your defense. He's going to make all the signals. He's going to do the thing. And and look, it's not like he's a, a thumper by any means. He's a complete linebacker. And that's he's he's an outstanding player, one of the best linebackers of the last 20 years. I don't want to make it seem like he's just some one-dimensional player. But it's it's the complementary skill sets that those guys have that make them so good together. And it's not a coincidence that with the pass rush so handicapped since Michael Bennett left and Cliff Averill left, and, and that defensive front has been decimated. And since Earl Thomas left and Richard Sherman left, guess what? Those defenses aren't very good. Last year, Seattle couldn't get stops. That was the problem. And that's been the problem since Earl Thomas left, since Richard Sherman left. The defense isn't good enough. But they still have Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, one of the best one-two punches at linebacker in the league. Okay, why am I starting with that? Because I think Green Bay could still say, hey, if we get this guy... It changes our defense. It changes our defense. And the reason is because they've invested so heavily at the other positions, the other premium positions. So I think if you look in the first round, I'm talking specifically first round picks, specifically those first round guys. Let's say, you know, that there isn't a corner they love there. You could get a pass rusher. We don't know what the situation is with Preston Smith. If they get J.J. Watt, I think that edge rush need comes way down. Let's say you sign someone. You get Watt and you're able to sign Xavier Rhodes to some sort of low money deal or one of these other, you know, veteran corners out there. This is a deep corner group. It's not a deep linebacker group. There's some names here that that. Could be interesting. I got this voicemail uh, from a, a listener, and that sort of helped inspire this discussion. Hey, Peter. It's Nick from Orlando, Florida. Uh, just listened to your mock draft Monday and going with Nick Bolton and just had questions about ha- if Zaven Collins actually drops to us at that spot. What is your feeling on that? Because I think he would be able to fill two birds with one stone and kill two birds with one stone with being someone who could play inside linebacker and can still rush from the inside, and he's big enough that he could also be that third guy on the edge. Uh, thank you. So those are those are two of the big names. Nick Bolton, Saban Collins. Neither come from blue blood college programs. You know, Missouri and Tulsa, not exactly, you know, LSU and Alabama. But the traits – the ability to play in space, the speed, and and as Nick points out, you know Collins is an excellent pass rusher. He's very much in the mold of of a Dante Hightower, for example, um, someone who is that sort of throwback big dude, great blitzer, um, but can play in space. And so it's it's kind of unfair to call him a throwback linebacker in that way because he can play in space. Is he as instinctive in coverage as, as Bolton? I don't think so. Um, and, and is he probably as fast sideline to sideline? Yeah, he might be, but it's it's that instinct gap 
the 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 players specifically are not the point and we'll have plenty of time to talk about them as we get closer to the draft the packers if they get a corner in free agency they've already you know invested in in the corner position you've got Josh Jackson waiting in the wings maybe he gets a chance of course Jair Alexander is Jair Alexander the safeties are the safeties they're really good Maybe you don't feel like you need to get that third safety. You've already invested heavily in in the edge, especially if you sign J.J. Watt. And if you don't, you probably keep Preston Smith. So you've got a pretty good group there. So maybe you don't feel like you need to allocate resources there. And there isn't a defensive lineman that I think I would take in the first round. So now it's a, a matter of options. What are your options? The receiver group, you know, it sort of falls off after the top 25-ish picks. You know, if guys like Tony are gone, then then Green Bay, you know, we don't even know if they would consider that anyway. Um, there is, there's certainly a drop-off in offensive tackle after the first four or five guys. Those guys could be gone. And Green Bay could be sitting there, and the best player on the board could be a linebacker. And I think if you're Green Bay... You can make the case that if you feel like you have the the CB2 spot locked down, if you feel like you have a boundary corner opposite Jair Alexander, that the player on your defense who could most improve your team, and that's what we're looking for here, that the player who could most improve the defense is a linebacker, including and especially if what they're going to do is play a lot of sub because... If you only have one linebacker on the field a lot, then that guy's got to be able to do everything. And and ideally, that guy is a high-ceiling guy. Ideally, that guy has the ability to eventually become a field-tilting type player because you know Chris Barnes looks like a solid dude. Kamel Martin, I, I do think, has more upside, more physical tools, more explosive, but inconsistent. Um, you know, was was often in the right places last year and and yet couldn't finish. Those inconsistencies tackling must have driven Mike Patton and Matt LaFleur absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm sure it drove a lot of fans crazy as well. These guys are just more talented. And that doesn't mean they'll be better players. But that talent, if you're going to have just one guy on the field, you'd like for his skill set to be a little broader. You'd like for his talent to be a little greater. And, and that would be, by the way, also a reason to consider this third safety idea. And I've, I've talked about that a lot, that maybe the linebacker upgrade isn't a linebacker at all. Maybe it's a safety. Now, I don't know if, you know, there isn't one of those box safety types. You know, if you look at the draft last year, there were some guys who you'd go, okay, yeah, this is, this is the perfect nickel. You know, Anton Winfield Jr. was one of those guys. Perfect nickel. He can play in the slot. He can play in the box. He can play deep. Maybe instead what you do is you draft a deep safety who allows, you know, Amos and Savage to play a little bit more in the box. And now you've handled your linebacker problem. You can play Chris Barnes or you can play Camille Martin and you have this safety net. But I think having that traditional linebacker to play that true Mike, that true signal caller kind of guy, you can make the case that that guy, the improvement that you could get there, is potentially bigger than at any other position available. Assuming, of course, they get that 
cornerback spot worked out. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy goes over and orders the parts from his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer, you have a smartphone, that means you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need with a remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Best of all, prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. February is Black History Month and Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, we have two conversations to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests in sports across leagues. Then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports, what's been achieved and the important work left to be done all in a discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So John Clayton had a report, you know, longtime ESPN uh, NFL writer that J.J. Watt has three leading candidates, Tennessee, Buffalo, and Green Bay, that Pittsburgh is essentially out, um, whether that's because of Ben Roethlisberger and that cost, whether it's because... Uh, that's not where you know JJ wants to go. Clayton clarified that that doesn't mean that that is his final three. That that everyone else is just done. He hasn't narrowed his list, according to Clayton. That the the Browns are still in it, and the Raiders are still in it. A couple things on this. The appeal from JJ for this is is obvious, and, and we've talked about the reports. You know, he, he cares about quarterback. He cares about supporting cast. And money is is that sort of secondary concern. Clearly, the Packers have not just said, sorry, JJ, we can't afford it. And they've gotten through this process. You know, a dozen teams have apparently been interested in him. We've gone through this process long enough now. And JJ is being very, you know, diligent about it. He's being very judicious and saying, look, I'm going to, this is a big decision. And he's not going to make it lightly. He's going to take his time and and do what he thinks is best. And and certainly, you know, he, he's enjoying being courted and has said as much on social media. It's hard to imagine these other teams providing a better argument to him to come play there. You know, it's hard for me to believe he's going to go to Las Vegas and play for the Raiders. Maybe they offer him a boatload of cash. But it's pretty hard for him to argue, yeah, I felt like they were ready to compete. They're not. And, you know, I think Tennessee, there's an appeal there that he gets to play the Texans twice. But that's only assuming that he has ill will towards Houston. We don't know that he does. And he does have a special relationship with the people of Houston, with Texas in general. And maybe he just says, you know, look, I can't go in the division. I can't show up in Houston next year 
in an opponent's opposing team's uniform in the division. It's just not how I want to finish my career. That leaves Green Bay, Buffalo, and Cleveland. All very fitting for his brand in terms of, you know, the hardworking guy from Pewaukee or whatever. He, you know, he probably would would take umbrage with that description, but that that's what he that's what he is. He's a Midwestern boy. And in a lot of ways, that's why Texas was sort of a perfect place for him, because there is a lot of that same sort of sensibility, the blue collar mentality. He's always carried that with him. And I think it is important to him. I think that culture, the fan culture is important to him. He's never really had a fan base like any of those three. Those are three of the best fan bases in the sport. If it is the case that money is relatively even, I guess I just don't see how those other teams can compete with the allure of playing with Aaron Rodgers. For all the strides that Josh Allen has made, he's still not Aaron Rodgers. And Baker Mayfield, you know, they they won a playoff game, but it's not like he set the world on fire last year. Now, maybe you say, okay, he's going to get OBJ back and, you know, they'll be set. Well, they might trade Odell Beckham. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Uh, it's going to be tough because he's coming off an injury, but... We don't really know what that team is going to look like in in 2021. Are they going to be significantly better? We think the Ravens are still going to be really good. You know, you might not be going to a team that is even the best one in the division. And the other thing about the Browns is you're playing the Steelers twice a year. Does he want to play his brother twice a year? Now, maybe he does because, you know, he didn't want to go to Pittsburgh. Maybe he's fine playing TJ twice a year. You know, brotherly brotherly rivalry is very much a thing. It just seems like Buffalo and Green Bay are the two teams that not not only present the, the best quarterback, the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl with supporting cast. And I do think, you know, Buffalo can can more easily offer him the money. But is that how he wants to make his decision? Because there is the allure of playing at Lambeau. You know, he was emotional talking about it last year, about what that meant to him. There is the allure of playing in front of, you know, his home fans. There there are going to be fans at Lambeau this year. What, what is that going to be like? And and I, you know, I when this all first broke that he was leaving Houston, yeah, I, I sort of, not even a half joke, it was more of a quarter joke that imagine first game at Lambeau, the crowd, J.J. Watt comes out of the tunnel. And the crowd, which hasn't been to a Packer game in over a year, they go absolutely nuts. Almost two years at that point. Think of what that sound would be like. Think about what that scene would be like. It has to be a scene that he had played over in his mind growing up a thousand times. Walking out on the field at Lambeau and the crowd goes nuts. How how can you turn away from that opportunity? I mean, we're talking about childhood dreams and I understand, look, he played at the University of Wisconsin and so that was a dream. And he made it to the NFL and became a superstar player. That's a dream. Beloved by a fan base, that's a dream. It's different when it's the team you grew up rooting for. You grew up pining after how many tens of thousands probably millions over the years of kids in wisconsin 
around the Midwest, around the world, grew up wanting to be a Packer. Grew up wanting to come out of that tunnel at Lambeau Field and see all the names in the Ring of Honor. To see the cheeseheads. To smell the brats in the parking lot when you show up to the to the stadium, knowing that those guys have been out there for hours. That's that's special. And so if if the Packers are in the mix, if the Packers are one of the front runners, and we assume that means that they haven't sworn off the money part of this, then I know that the fans don't want to get their hopes up, but if they're a finalist, it's really hard for me to see him picking another team. It's really hard. Unless unless one of these other teams comes in with just some monster offer, I just don't. If it's close, the tie goes to Wisconsin. The tie goes to family, to childhood. You know, Don Draper in Mad Men always talks about the power of nostalgia. It's hard to fight, man. It's why still there's this idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career in San Francisco. And maybe that's just headline writers. Maybe that's just trolls. You know, all of that. But there has to be on some level. Part of Aaron Rodgers wants to wanted, certainly wanted to go number one, wanted to go to the team he grew up rooting for. And you have to think if Green Bay does move on from him in in whatever time frame and he wants to keep playing, that the 49ers would be on his list. It's hard to imagine if Green Bay's in the mix, Green Bay isn't the favorite. And maybe they're not the betting favorite. Maybe this is all just leverage. But if it's true that Green Bay is a finalist, that they're the top, they're a top three choice for JJ. If it doesn't happen, you're going to get mad at me for saying this. But this is this is the surest sign yet that you can start getting your hopes up. That this is a real thing and not just some nonsense. Because we haven't heard anything about the numbers. We haven't heard, you know, if, if you're just putting the Packers out there, that's one thing. That's another team. But but the other franchises, no, the Packers don't have any money. And, and we know that a lot of teams are in on what. So what is the incentive to, to throw the Packers in there other than to say, okay, well, that's a place he really wants to go. He'd be willing to take less to go there. So you really need to blow us out of the water. Yeah, sure. That could be happening. That could be happening. Definitely that could be happening. But th- this is why I'm, I'm adding the caveat. If it is the case that they are actually a finalist and this isn't just PR and we don't know that for sure. But if they are a finalist, and maybe we'll know after the fact, you know, if he ends up going to, to Cleveland or Buffalo, I think we can we can say pretty safely that Green Bay was never really in the mix because of everything I just said. If it's close, I just don't know how he picks anything else. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet online is the place, the only place that we trust for all of your gambling needs. NBA is is hot. 
It's great. College basketball. It's a great college basketball season. Hockey's going on. Baseball be here soon. Pitchers and catchers already in the mix. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They've got you covered. Scores, odds, best way to place your bets. And it's free. Free to sign up. What is better than free? Well, how about free money? Go to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% deposit bonus. You put money in, they'll match it up to 50% in free dollars when you use the promo code Locked On. Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. There is something I just wanted to add to our, our earlier discussion about linebacker. This class is somewhat similar to last year in that there are a couple of top prospects and after that, a pretty sizable drop-off to the next group. So you've got Collins, you've got Bolton. Those guys could be in the mix at 29 when Green Bay has their pick. After that, after that, there's a pretty steep drop. I mean, Jabril Cox, the linebacker from LSU, I think is someone who's going to be in that early day two mix. Certainly could, you know, could fall to Green Bay in the second round. It would be another reason, you know, if if they have a tier of corners and they think that there's this other tier that they can get to and corner is a deeper position. I think there are corners in round two, round three that that could really help this team. If you look at the shape of this draft, the ideal shape and we're going to talk more about this as we as we get closer to the draft. At least on defense, corner in the first, there are some elite guys. This is like eight guys who I think are just awesome and could come in and start and play and, and be solid players. You, you probably need to get one of them in the first. There's some there's some day two guys that I like, and and you could wait. But that position is so important. It's so impactful. Get that corner early. That probably takes you out of the linebacker market, right? So if if one of those guys is there, the difference between taking one there, it probably means you're only going to take one there. You, you're not going to take one later. It's like the receiver thing. If someone falls to you, all right, on it. And then after that, it's just sort of like, eh, nah. it's actually very similar because Cox probably not going to fall to Green Bay in the second round, probably going to go, you know, mid-second, They could trade up for him, but probably not going to do that, not at the linebacker position. So if you don't get one there, you'd love to get the corner. And then maybe instead of the linebacker, that's when you go to the safety because this is a deep safety class. There's there's no, you know, super elite guy. There's no blue chip, you know, no doubt dude. There's, There's not even really that like surefire first rounder. Where everyone is just like, yeah, this guy, this guy is it. Or even, you know, a, a large group of people are saying that. But there is a deep group. You know, there's going to be 8, 10, 12 safeties maybe who go in the top 100. So you don't have to get your linebacker early because if you don't get that linebacker, you can always come back and get the safety that is going to allow you to do a lot of the same things. The coverage ability on the tight ends, alley defender, sideline to sideline speed, and you're still getting a smart, instinctive guy. Yeah, hey, great. That's the way the modern NFL is played, and you don't have to feel bad that it's not a true, quote-unquote, linebacker at that position. 
All right, well, we're going to be back tomorrow and a lot more to come as we move closer to a new league year. Free agency, we should be finding out very soon uh, what the salary cap looks like, and and that might give us a better idea of what Green Bay is going to be willing to do. Of course, it will. I don't know why I said it might. It definitely will. We'll have a lot better uh, gauge on what this offseason is going to look like, at least in free agency moving forward. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.